This is Mona Lisa Baseball, Season 2, Episode... Uh, 18. We didn't talk about the bigger bases. Okay. I mean, we have talked about it previously. Let's let's bring it on. Let's talk about those, actually, now that it's in. Yeah, so, well, it'll be next year. The bases basically expand from, um, what is it, 15 to 18 inches square. Okay, so... Yeah, and it's all for safety. That's the whole reason. They're a little lower, too. They don't have as high a profile. Hmm, I wonder if that's more safe. Little angle to them. They're just safer. So there's kind of like a ramp to hit. The dirty little secret, they've been changing the bases for a while now. And this one actually changes the rule book because the base does get significantly bigger. It's not just a change to the slope or the profile, yeah. which they have been, they've done a few times. They put cameras in these things. Yeah. I wonder where the, the line was drawn when it wasn't up to the ballpark anymore, when it became uniform, all bases had to be the same because... To me, that kind of, I know it's going to fuck with safety a little bit, uh, but it kind of feels like the home field advantage sort of thing to me, where you get to choose where your fences are, you get to choose what you want for a warning track, and I don't know, it feels like you should get to use your own bases, but that's, I guess one could argue that's playground stuff. Um, you got to conform to these standards as set out by the league. You certainly could argue, and you'd be right, that it wouldn't be as safe. But I yeah, like yeah. I like variables in baseball. I like a few variables. I like exploring the safety issue because it's only a few inches. But I think at close plays, it does. If you've played baseball, you know that like yeah. sometimes just a couple inches is between mm-hmm. like a guy sticking his foot out to slide and you being able to just kind of like step on another part of the base and just avoid that. Yeah. Plays at first base where a lot of dudes are stepping on the first baseman's ankle. That one's the most obvious. That does not feel good. Yeah, the spiking. Think about it. It hurts. And this is probably going to reduce that by a really wide margin. Yeah, I mean, probably all those plays were down to the inch. And now, in theory, they get eliminated. Yeah, softball attacked that exactly. And there's actually two bases where first base is. Right. One for the runner, one for the uh, defense. Speaking of Ricky Henderson, this also solidifies his record with stolen bases because now you say it's like, oh, post-base increase size. Yeah, it's different. I mean, you would have to argue that the bigger size makes it for a shorter path to steal the base. So, yeah, now Ricky could argue anyone, yeah, gets the asterisk. where, uh... And now only two plus maybe one throwbacks to keep him in check. So, yeah, I mean... Think about that. Yeah, it's cemented. If we want stolen bases, I mean this I mean this has to work. If it doesn't work, that'll be just the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, good point. What if it doesn't provoke? <laughs> they take fewer risks <laughs> because it's just the trend the other trends are heading in that direction. Yeah, I mean Oh, if he steals a base he might get hurt. You take the smartest guys in the room, or at least they think so, and they're positive that things they implement will force a game in one direction well what if they're wrong what if it goes a complete different direction well it happens that's why they try to test it in the minor leagues and stuff you know test it out yeah and then now test it now that pandora's box is open (laughs) they can always change it next year or the year after oh yeah they don't no one gives a fuck anymore about these it's just like it's open whatever you want whatever you want let's just throw a fucking like giant wheel in the sky and we'll just roll it and see how we're going to play the infield today you know yeah as long as it's it's mutual consent mutual consent thanks for saying that uh sure about that (laughs) we covered that the new college rules there's a lot of like you can just mutually consent the extra base runner in the extra innings you know which i mean we really shouldn't 
pretend like we're surprised by that, you know? Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. It's shocking, but really, like, I was kind of like, oh, they hadn't done that already? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> kinda, yeah. well, that's that's sort of the risk in all of it of you had this beautiful historical thing, and now that's turned into a shoulder shrug. <laughs> shrug. You got that a little bit when you interviewed your dad, and you said, you know, there hasn't been a bunt in six years, and he goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> and he just had to accept it because it was believable. And now this is what's happening to me. You could tell me anything, and I'd be, I would have to listen to you and entertain the idea that this guy might not be bullshitting me. Well, I'm again, I try not to abuse my power, and I only try to bring true facts to the show. Ooh, I know I'm vulnerable right now. It's tough because these facts are tough to digest sometimes. I think this is funny. I legit was like, wait a minute, the grass line. Yeah. I didn't know the grass line was actually had to be 95 feet Yeah, from the center of the pitching mound. I just thought it was whatever the groundskeeper thought would look good. You know, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was wrong. No, I, I never put any thought into it either. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Not the first time. I guess th- that's another thing where it's it's gone this far where... You and I are disturbed, but at the same time, we're chuckling. And it's <laughs> Deeply disturbed. It's kind of hard to know where the chuckling comes from because it's super fucked up. Can you imagine the third baseman and the shortstop right behind second base, like right behind on the dirt together, like just right next to each other, stretched and ready to bolt into position on... <laughs> On the other side. I mean, can you just oh, imagine yeah. that? Like a... How is that... <laughs> how is that baseball saving face? How does... Does that... Is that a better look yeah. than the guys just yeah. sitting there and looking for a ground ball? You know? Like a real baseball player? Like, what's better look? I don't know, man. It reminds me of... You're a, a relay racer and you're waiting for the baton to be passed you and you're in the ready position. So that's you standing... <laughs> near second base in the ready position to run towards right field before the pitch is thrown. It's absurd. Ugh, it is absurd. And someone... Saving face. That was it right there. Umpire's career is on the line. He's got to watch yeah, that. got to watch that one. And the, they've got to have a camera on everyone's feet. Yep. Oh, yeah. Gotta Including the pitchers. It has to be synchronized oh. with the... It's just absurd. Way to... Ooh, that was a good one. You brought in the camera. You have to have the pitcher's feet synced up to the all the infielder's feet. It's... And- Oh, are you kidding me? You know, I think another camera. How are you going to tell one guy to look at all the infielders feet at the Mm -hmm. exact same time and the pitcher's feet? It's five sets of feet. Cameras brought into the park to watch feet, feet and toes, feet, toes, grass and dirt. The cameras are supposed to be there to display the spectacle. Now they're there to enforce these rules. It's fucking George Orwell baseball. Damn. That's the first time that was said. George Orwell Baseball. Well, I think we got us a title for the show. <laughs> Orwellian. <laughs> that can of worms with the what it means to have extra cameras that are now watching the feet that the umpire, instead of having full concentration on the ball moving, might have his eyes fudge towards the guy's feet. Yeah. Rules about defensive players' feet. He's got to know if the guy swings around, if the guy's batting on his side. So how is he supposed to look at all that at the same time? It's impossible. Except, yeah, cameras in New York. You have to go to camera. And by the way, I do want to state, I mean, we do get discouraged about this, but I am pro cameras in the bases. I think that is cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm pro camera in the bases. I just want to get that out there. I think it looks cool. <laughs> I, I got no issue with yeah. that. You get some cool shots, and then it gets dirty, and they have to go brush right. it off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but whatever. That, that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it should get dirty. Yeah, cameras and bases. No, that's fine. I mean, it's because it's low profile stuff. It's the stuff that bothers me. It doesn't interfere. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah, interfere. It's like like Wrigley going huge jumbotrons. That's very annoying to me. I know. Um, yeah. Were you the one that sent me the clip of uh, Bill Murray in the booth with Harry Carey? I don't know, was it? I can't remember. Okay, so what's really crazy about this is the date was 8-8-88. Oh. August 8th, 1988. Okay. And I actually remember my dad at the dinner table stating that we wouldn't have another day like this for... Whatever the math would be. Boy, I'm confusing myself. 11 years, one month, and anyway, you get the point. It wouldn't happen again until September 9th, 1999. Uh, but that's the date that the Cubs played their first night game at Wrigley. And so pregame, they invited Bill Murray into the booth with Harry Carey. And he's kind of half announcer, half stand-up comedian. And it makes you wish that Harry Carey and Bill Murray worked together for decades because hmm. it'd probably be the greatest thing ever. I can't imagine how many people would tune in. And, uh, you know, they were kind of excited. They were, I don't know if you could say nervous, but curious, I think would be the most accurate where they didn't know how it was going to go. They'd Harry Carey had only announced day games. Bill Murray had only been to Cubs games during the day. And it was kind of like, well, we're about to find out. Hmm. And, that ballpark being the last to get lights, it's going to annoy me the fact that it has two very, very large jumbotrons in the outfield. Yep. And I didn't get to see Wrigley before that, and that will always piss me off. Right. Unless they come down. That'd be nice. I understand that. But let's embrace um, what we can see. Okay. And just go do it. Yeah. We've talked about this. I'm I'm ready to get to Wrigley and... You were a big driving force and possibly that happening this September didn't didn't go down, but uh some waves were made. Oh no, we well we have all the all kinds of time. I love it. Not old men yet. Oh, I just saw lightning for the first time. Oh boy. Yep. It's coming in. Yeah, I'm still very hungry to get to Wrigley. Yeah, well I mean what's your top what's your top three? Okay, so Fenway was at the top and I got to do that two thousand eleven. Okay. Wrigley is the next obvious choice. All right. Got to go to Wrigley. Okay. And then is kind of the crapshoot because the next oldest park is uh, Dodger Stadium, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet it was built in the 60s, so... That could be fun. You could argue it's classic, but it doesn't have a classic look because that's the look of a lot of parks kind of when I grew up, although I'd never been there. I hear it's beautiful. It's very open. But yeah, it doesn't really feel like I have to go to a game in LA. And so the rest to me are all kind of even. So my next after Wrigley, um, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. I don't, okay. nothing pops out at me at all. Does anything pop out at you? Well, I would just get geographical on you. Yeah. And I'd say, well, what about Padres? Yeah, what like about go the, to the closest What about Dodgers? I, I'm actually very interested in going to see a game in LA. LA? Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I, now that it's mentioned, I think something something's telling me, yeah, go see a game in Seattle. I'm not going to wear a lot of like ostentatious Giants gear though, for sure. <laughs> You're not that guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would wear. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I've never really been the enemy at a sporting event. Um, right. Well, you just go, you just be gracious. You know, you can wear the gear, but you, you don't want to wear it super hard. You know, you need you know, to be careful douchey. there, especially considering like, I would love to sit out in the bleachers. I think that's where it's at. That's cool. We're going to, we're probably going to do this now. You see the power of inception. Okay. So I heard you were talking to a journalist in Milwaukee. That's correct. I read an article of his and he was talking about some brewer stuff. And so I was able to strike up a personal email conversation and just kind of ask a few questions and see where he's coming from on things. And something was stated today where there was a moment of clarity for me. And we haven't corresponded a ton, but I'm kind of getting an idea where he's coming from, what kind of baseball fan he is. He definitely seems to be a baseball fan, but he leans more towards the way things are going than kind of the, you know... I want it to be classic. I don't want things to change. I think he had that in him when he was younger, but now he's kind of sounds like he's sort of going along with what's happening. So I asked him on the last email, I said, uh, I got two real important things that I just would love to have your take pitch clock and shift. Like what's up? Yeah. And he got back to me and he said, I really have no problem with the pitch clock. And it was pretty eloquently written for a personal email. And it was longer than I was expecting. But he did mention that he used to be old school, and I don't know how old he is. What's happened now is that he's for the pitch clock, and he said the thing that just eats him alive is it's not the fact that games go too long. It's that there's so much time in between when things aren't happening. And he said something to the tune of, it's not building drama, it's building boredom. And Mm. the lightning hit me, and I went, oh my God, That's a factor that hasn't been considered. And this is a big one. And this, I think this has a part of everything that's going on right now where, you know, you and I have been trying to find where are these people that are saying similar things to us the way we feel? Where are they? Why are we not hearing any of this? Well, here's what I think is going on. Here's my hypotheses. This guy, whether he's a baseball guy, fan or not, his job is to cover the team. So, I think you've heard plenty on the streets, you know, in your local pub. Everyone feels like they're crunch for time. There's not enough time for anything now. Well, he could do his job and perform the rest of his life a little bit easier if games were two hours instead of three and a half. (laughs) So now, journalists Mm -hmm. that are paid to cover what happens are now getting the opinion to say what's wrong with the game and how it ought to go quicker. It's because of their work, man. Mm -hmm. They might be baseball people, but it definitely makes their job, hence their life, harder if games take longer. And they're the ones that are reporting what happens. So all these voices are kind of saying the same thing. And I mentioned earlier about, not today, but in previous episodes, you know, you take a guy like, you know, Rich Eisen show, I've said, I just don't know that he's a baseball guy. He talks about it enough, but something makes me think maybe he's not. And Colin Cowherd's the same way. He's a football guy, but they will talk about the other sports. And that's because they have to be well-rounded sports people by the people that pay them. 
And so now they're forced to watch a game that they don't really even like, <laughs> and it's taking too long. Yeah. So if you're not a baseball guy and you're seeing what maybe you and I might say, wow, look at the drama build. This person's saying, nothing's happening. I got to go to fucking bed because I got to be up at five in the morning. And if you're not really into baseball, it's pretty understandable that you'd have that take, that it's just taking too long. That's why rules need to be made to preserve the actual game. We can't be catering to people that want it to be different because they're probably not even actual baseball people. But yet there's this illusion that they're going to be coerced into finally seeing that the game is quick enough and still beautiful. I don't think you can have both. You don't think you can work both sides of the coin of like, oh, it's such a special, unique game. There's no clock. Well, now there's a clock, but it's still a very special and <laughs> unique game. You know, you start getting into things like that and you erase the things that made it special. And, you know, we know you can catch up on things by seeing the highlights. But if you're going to be a professional, you really want to watch the whole game. I don't think you're really that great of an analyst if you, you know, only watch the fourth quarter of a basketball game and then analyze everything you kind of have to take it all in so all these journalists are being forced to watch three and a half hour games and it's making their life worse what do you think of my hypothesis oh yeah and so now the games are going to be shorter 24 minutes or 20 minutes whatever it is uh it's significant with these pitch clock rules uh, similar rules i mean the rules here for mlb are just a little bit different yeah i mean it's going to speed up the game i don't know what to say it's only and again it's only going to affect certain pitchers yep and it's going to affect a lot of these pressure situations, right, where things are on the line yep. and people just take more time. I know? mean, that's definitely where it's most important to me is the pressure situation, but also just the... Uh, well, more of a human moment can you have when everything's on the line and everything slows down? Like, it's almost like it's the best. in your brain where you're imagining a drama situation. Yep. You imagine that these really, really important moments are drawn out on purpose, not because we're taking too long, because it's warranted and because it's so warranted. <sighs> it started in March. They're ripping that out of the game. It's, we, it's the worst. Literally ripping it out. And that's the other thing where I was reading his words and he said, you know, it doesn't build drama. And now... That's kind of being abused where that is a real thing. When we talk about what it means to start in spring training and then you're on a cold night in October and you can't afford to throw a wild pitch here. When you have to intentionally walk the guy, you have to throw the ball where the catcher is going to be. Now, that's not the same anymore, but those were drama-filled moments and the crowd would naturally get louder. I mean, you can picture all the, the announcers that go, and he's set, where it's kind of like there's been 10 foul balls in a row. Is any baseball fan that sees 10 foul balls in a row in a pressure moment thinking this is getting boring? It's the most amazing thing. Exactly. Every single foul ball makes it that much more interesting. And now they're pretending that anything that is slow in baseball, they'll say, oh, yeah, building drama, huh? Oh, boy. It's not fair. Oh, boy. They're not telling the whole story. <sighs> this makes me sick. I'm going to throw up. You're making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Where's my bucket? This is a pivotal episode. This is this I know. crazy. Because I thought... Well, we, uh, we knew this was going to happen. I thought 100% when we started doing these in person, 
February or March or something like that. I think we did two before we met up twice before the season started. There wasn't a doubt in my mind that nothing could get worse rule wise than bringing the designated hitter in. I mean, I, I never even considered it. Oh boy. This equals it. I think your optimism has been beautiful. I think if you took the worst to me, the worst of everything is the DH, but you take this as a whole this has the power to be incredibly damaging. This this is getting into life without parole type shit. Pitch clock plus banning the shift. That's really uh, it, like you got. How do you even compare that to the DH? It's they're both just the worst. I mean, I don't know what to say. They're insane. I mean, we were able to bring it's not baseball. Uh, Rick Vaughn into this drama eliminators. Hold on. I love that we've already found a loophole that you can play like the right fielder somewhere else. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. just put him on third. I mean, there's just so, it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh. oh, I just hate this. Like, I would so much rather see incentivizing young hitters to learn how to go different ways with the ball than incentivizing people to just hit home runs. Look, home runs are money. You know, you. this is how, I mean, we can't really deny this, but a lot of the times that stat is going to be a dominating factor in your paycheck. You know, it's really the club's fault. Where's the GM of these organizations that's bringing up the second baseman that says, all right, not a ton of power, but let me tell you, this kid can flat out fly. He steals bases. He hits it the opposite way. He goes where the ball's not. I think the fans are going to really love him. And just give that kid a chance instead of, all right, he's hitting 228, but he's got some power. Like, let's give it a shot. I mean, it's staring them in the face that there's, it's home run or strikeout. I've heard a thousand and one analysts say that that's what baseball has become. But why didn't anyone do anything about it? It's so obvious this is fucked that is there something I'm not seeing? Like, where is the corruption coming from? I don't get it. I know Theo Epstein isn't that <laughs> dumb. This guy's a fucking genius. I know that. But he's sitting on the panel dismantling the game, watching him do it. It's weird. There's a popular belief that you will see more athleticism if you ban the shift. That means the second baseman and the shortstop diving for balls. I want to say that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But and no, I'm. this is where it's coming from, dude. I'm, I, I want you to understand. Also, they want those base hits, you know, to be base hits because... That should have been a hit, that one. They are teaching, yes, and it, there's just all the incentives in the world for these guys to hit home runs. Yeah. To pull, just pull the ball. Yeah, looking into the Negro Leagues, it sounds like there was a lot more bunts and a lot more small ball. And I guess that's probably the way that Japan plays it too. And somehow America just got in this meat-headed, <laughs> you know, I don't care what your average is, how many yeah. bombs can you hit? It's so boring. Yeah, And yet we're stuck in it. Right. Like, you know, I can hit it far. You're going to play out. I'm going to bunt it. Like, look, I can beat you. But it's just, that's that's baseball right there. I mean, you take the bunt out of baseball. I don't even know how to describe baseball without the bunt in it. Because that's how you play your infield. That's how you run up. You move. Yes. You shift. 100%. You shift. You're going to ban the shift when a guy's showing bunt. You're going <laughs> to ban the shift. Any kind of shift. Now I got two guys. 
this is the dumbest thing. Like, imagine the second baseman pulling behind the pitcher because the uh, just and then all of a sudden, like, violation. <laughs> Blow the whistle. We're going to know. Let's not take that out. We want a ball on that play now. And it's just the dumbest thing. <laughs> oh, right. The buzzer. Hit the buzzer. I hate that there needs to be a buzzer now. I just, I, is it going to be a buzzer? I think that's the beautiful question. This is so sad to me. The, the, the buzzer. This is so sad to the me. glowing mound. You know, there's a oh lot of good options God. out there. You got foghorns, you got I bells, know. you got red lights. Uh, there's no way this is going to be good for baseball. Well, that's the understatement of the episode. I was going to say earlier, you. I almost caught myself saying that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's a lot of dumb things I've heard tonight. <laughs> you heard a lot of dumb shit. A lot shit, of yeah. dumb shit that's going around right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, that's, that's for sure. And what's crazy is I can't believe they have the gall to announce this during the fucking season. What's their goal here? Like, why this timing? Uh, Yeah. Is that... Great question. I don't know. Because it makes me think... My guess would be this is when people start paying attention, but they would have done it during the playoffs, but then that might be distracting. So yeah, here's what it might be. More people are watching now than in May. Now that the people have know that the boring part of the season's done and now the playoffs starting, which is the only thing worth watching. Great. Now we got all these extra fans. Now they're listening and now they're going to rejoice in the fact that the game will be even quicker. And now I can finally recruit my friend. No, I, I think that's I think you've got this all the way backwards. Let me, okay. let me, let me break it okay. down. You ever heard of a Friday night news dump? Uh, Yeah. Help me out. This is where you dump news on a Friday night because people you know, are out. They're not watching news at the same rate they're watching on other. OK, this is exactly what the same as a Friday night news dump for Major League Baseball because football just started okay. and they announced all these new rules when no one is no one cares about baseball. You got to think a lot of people care about baseball in mid-September. Not the major sport writers. As soon as football starts, yeah, they're like, yeah. give me some of that. Right, right. Yeah, that's the story okay. now. Yeah, I buy that. I, I, was, I was chasing my own theory, but I wasn't completely sold on it. I think you're right. I mean, I want... To believe that your theory, you, look, everything's complicated. There's never one explanation for this or that. Why is baseball failing? There's never one thing you can point to. Oh, there's not enough offense. There's not enough stolen yeah, bases. Yeah. Oh, the bases are too yeah, small. Yeah, that, that's oh, it. that should have been a hit. Whatever this, that, the that's other. It's like, it's basin. just people are not watching it on TV. That's the that's, problem. Yeah. I guess that's the crux. Well, shucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think. As I've been marinating on baseball for the last few months, I keep thinking, now I know it was it was fucked up because it was 2020, but there was no fans allowed to be at the game. Granted, it was a 60-game season. I couldn't watch any sport because there was no one in the stands, which somehow gave my brain the message it's not worth watching. And... I want to know if that was just me or if you, does that affect you at all? Like if you see a game and it's rocking fans versus like kind of a dead crowd, do you feel like you are influenced by that? There is no doubt that when there's no crowd uh, at these games, the, the ratings go down. It just, it's not as exciting to watch on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's natural. It's just not as exciting. Yeah. So I was thinking the crux of it all really is fill up the ballpark. 
and the TV will kind of take care of itself. But They tried to do that with like pictures and TVs and stuff. This goes back to the point I was making earlier where everyone thought they built a great, cool stadium. Well, they all built the same bullshit where it's like, okay, it's new wave, but is it creative? You know, eh, I guess, you know, uh, you can hit a home run into the river. Just it's like, okay, but you could do that into the ocean at, at Pac Bell or <laughs> there's no originality and they're all too large. Well, they tried to build them small, but I think you got to be able to fill up the parks to create the interest and the parks are too boring. So I think the real thing that needs to be worked on right now is the venue. Unfortunately, that's probably the most expensive thing. It's way cheaper to change the rules than build different places to play the game of baseball. Uh, yeah, I'd say that, you know, these venues are probably all believe that they're walking the line in their area in terms of like offering concessions and then like trying to make the baseball experience not too ridiculous. What do you mean ridiculous? I'm talking about like hot tubs in center field. Yeah. I I got absolutely no issue with a, <laughs> what's beyond the fence. I mean, it just has to provide interest. That's it to me. <laughs> yeah. And is that, you know, like um, a gimmick? It's, it's like sort of, but it's behind the fence. So who cares? I think the fans need to feel intimacy. And something that's not helping intimacy is nets. Doesn't make you feel like you're part of it. Um but being up close and accepting the fact that a full, you know, like they've been trying to expand Fenway for decades because they want to get more fans in. <laughs> I think eventually they realized, I don't know if my numbers, how accurate they are, but I think they just accepted the fact that, fuck it, 38,000 is a sellout and that's going to need to be good enough. I think they pretty much fill every game. Isn't that nice? You're going to want to watch that game on TV, but... I guess you got me started when you said not enough people are watching on TV, and I think that's exactly right. But what a poor way to judge the most beautiful sport is what are the TV ratings. George Orwell Baseball. Oh yeah, building drama, huh? Oh boy. Eat toes, grass and dirt. Great question, I don't know. This is a, can't, dare I say, seminal episode. I think this is big shit, man. This is so sad to me. This is so sad to me. Oh, my God. I know. It's just baseball, man. It's just baseball. <laughs>